0: Log Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome.
1: Greetings, beloved. Queen Mother
0: is in the house. Come on in. Welcome,
2: welcome. Greetings, hey, on your YouTube, on your Twitter, on my Earth campaign, come on in, all of the rest of me, get a powerful, powerful meditation, I'm ready to go, the beloved, all the things with me, you're come on, Lord, come on. To Africa, I the to come the home. Da 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 All the
0: Esu Aleguana Ko Si Were Awo On Lo Uto Ne Iwo Ada Apan Bo O Si O Batala Mi Ita Ni Ebo onilio Avan Eshu Esu Is The respected Elder Who Flogs, Confronts, Uncovers That one versed in Mysteries uses Truth To Own. He causes Scatter to Feed Poverty. Obatalah shakes rascals to have sacrifice. The owner of warnings is the one who is Eshu. Aboru, Aboye, Aboshiche, Ashe. May our Ebo reach her room. May our Ebo be accepted. May our Ebo allow what we desire to come to pass. And so we say, ase. Ashe. Divine all blessed greetings and salutations. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan-African Spiritualist, Practitioner, Author, and Advisor, El Lagoon Oloye Hudu Obeya Okur. You are also sharing with my very special co-host, my cousin, and I don't mean my Loa, my Voodoo Loa cousin, I mean my cousin, my flood cousin. And Oloye Ifawole, Olodeji Ifantade, Chief Priest Baba Awo of Ile Isese Oladeji, also known as Inner Consciousness Spiritual Center in Oklahoma City. You are also sharing with my beloved co-host and, and best friend and PT partner and master historian and Rio the beloved Denise Augustine and Our Sacred Stories, oursacredstories.com. So I will be bringing them on screen. I invite you as well to follow the show link as it scrolls at the bottom of the page. I also have it inserted in the chat for your copy and paste, leisure and convenience. And do join us with your questions, comments, and requests. This day, this Day of great power and, and divination and hearing from spirit, we invite you to join us in this sacred space. We are indeed sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African Hoodoo world spiritualist perspective <clears throat> understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing all is truly indeed a blessing I like to breathe when I say that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can just see beyond the veils open your third eyes see beyond the the plastic world that is presented to us in this human existence. See beyond those veils and know that it's all just an illusion and a test, a training ground, if you will, and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. The why, the how of our being, why are we human, why are we here, why are we in the middle of this, this universe and this galaxy? What is our purpose? What is our meaning? It really all comes down to that question, right? That is the great mystery that I talk about. So, indeed, if you can just see beyond the veils and understand that it's an illusion, that it's a test, that it's a testing ground, that it's a preparatory place, another state of being in existence, then it makes it easier to take in the all is a blessing, even in the challenging times, even in the hard times, even in the times when we have to put in a little extra work. For indeed, all is a blessing, and and many of my audience and my friends and family and my clients and my godchildren, and my initiates know that All is a blessing is indeed my mantra, my affirmation, reverberation, reiteration, and indeed it is my reality. It's crucial to everything that I think and believe and understand, my teaching, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path. I like to call life divine, all-blessed because we speak and create and recreate our reality. So my life path is divine, all blessed, whatever the weather, whatever the challenge, whatever whatever the heat and cold and, and storm and lightning that might come, it's divine, all blessed. It's critical to my foundation. It's critical to how I operate. No matter what I'm studying, no matter what I'm learning, Whatever the challenge is, it is indeed how I, the Di- divine Prince, makes sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father Earth. And it it's my personal place of power and understanding. It is a place that I begin, the place where I realize and crystallize my endeavors, understanding that I and I create and recreate my own reality. I and I create and recreate the fulfillment of my own destiny. Only I can get in the way. Only I can block it. Only I can stop it. Only I can limit it. And the more we breathe and understand the I and understand the Alif, we better comprehend that indeed I am God. You are God, and together in this experiment, we create and recreate the reality in which we indeed exist. And we can choose to see it as a traumatic event. (laughs) We can choose to see it as, you know, boot camp, or like some athletes manage to do, like many scholars and, and book writers manage to do, we view it as an exercise. For getting us from point a to point b to point C in the fulfillment of destiny today this Friday April 9 2021 I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live virtually verbally cosmically quantum universally from this working temple of the house of the divine prince Thai potions Hoodoo Central LLC, in this beautiful, historic, legendary, haunted, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me, along this hoodoo, voodoo, spiritualist, obeah life path and journey, passing down the great obeah stick, along with uh, along with the life-giving knowledge of the herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, the powers in which we live and exist in each and every day. Our culture, our history, our traditions, our people, and indeed, our sacred stories. Write, Denise, com. All is a blessing. I am, I am, I am, that's the first mantra. I am, I am, and we would say I am enough, and breathe, and take in I am, and breathe, and exhale I am. We then are able to walk into the realm of magic and ritual. I am is not just Jehovah. I am is not just Allah. I am is not just Olo Dumare. I am, it's not just Blondie. I am is not just Ma Wolisa. But indeed, if I am is, that's another mantra, I am is all, then indeed we are all a part and a vessel for the I am. And because of the I am, because of the creators that came before, because of the great Ancestors of whom shoulders we now have our standing and our being. All powerful, open and receptive to all that operates for my good. Here and now in this most present moment in divine time space. And I create and recreate the reality that mirrors my best interest. And so I want to talk today about magic and ritual. And we all operate and perform in various demonstrations of magic and ritual each and every day of our, of our living and our being. Even the so self-identified non-religious or non-spiritual among us, for indeed we have national rituals and cultural rituals and community rituals and even family rituals. I know in some houses in my family um, a woman dare not walk through the door on New Year's Day before a man has entered the house. It's a ritual, and there is a magic attached to that ritual. In some houses in my family, you dare not go into the new year uh, without a brand-new crisp wicker broom behind your door. Ritual. It also links us to magic. But when we say amen, when we pay our taxes, when we acknowledge the flag, we are operating in a ritual. And some of us have done a little deeper study, and and we've seen the geographical layout of Washington, D.C., and all the magic that Lafitte, I'm sorry, that Lafayette, a black man, put into the designing of our nation's capital. The Egyptian sculpture is not accidental. The magical uh, numerical equations in that design are not accidental. And many of you today acknowledge and accept the presence of an Illuminati, some greater magical power behind our uh, ability to exist in a country that that maintains world dominance. And, And such a young baby country at that. So there is indeed ritual that we all are born into that mama did, that father did, that indeed your outside community did, your extended family, your religious community, how we are educated, how we are taught involves to to a great degree ritual. And some of us go to parochial schools, and some of us go to religious schools, and some of us go, just go to the public school. But there's still that acknowledgement of ritual and magic. We uh, have a conversation here that's, uh, I like to say prone to go in many directions. Because of course, uh, Queen Mother uh, Denise is gonna bring her perspective. And of course, my beloved cousin is gonna bring his perspective. And we have an opportunity to go in many directions with this conversation. Alexis Williams, I see you, beloved. I'm going to bring you in momentarily as well. Thank you so much for wearing your mask (laughs) and taking the time to be present with us here. I'm going to bring you on screen uh, momentarily. Um, Aboye, Aboye, beloved cousin, welcome. Welcome, uh, beloved uh Queen. How you doing? Good
3: morning, good afternoon. Um, I want to just make you aware in case you were not, um the designer of Washington D.C., the black man. Yeah. That uh, uh, you're thinking of somebody else because he was B- Benjamin Vanatta who designed it. But let me tell you why there's so much mythology behind that. Not Lafayette. The Be- Not Lafayette. Benjamin Vanatta. Oh,
0: okay. Forgive me, y'all. Benjamin Vanatta. For giving misinformation. Let me
3: tell you why there's so much mythology and and so much magic. In the layout, the first thing is he was a mathematician, and you know that there is uh, sacred magic in mathematics in numbers. Okay, so he had a foundation in mathematics. Uh, he was a free African American, so also. The foundation of this nation was done by uh, these men all belong to uh, what's the organization? Time.
0: The Mason. Masons.
3: They were all Masonic.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, mm-hmm. he was free. But I'm sure he had some kind of contact with the Masonic Order because they were full of, of Masonic and there's Masonic symbols all over Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So there's not only sacred mathematics he was also an astronomer and right. there is magic in those stars. That's right. So when he laid this out he used everything every sacred geometry every sacred uh, uh, star lighting he used all of that to lay it out and they laid it out for success. All these were not by accident. They were laying out the capital of this nation and therefore they called on every bit of sacred knowledge they knew for the success of this nation. Uh, And so that's why you have all these symbols and all this geometry and all this uh, lined up with the stars and all of this stuff. So the very foundation of this nation it's founded in magic, okay? Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. And please, thank you for correcting me. I, I am welcome to correction.
4: Uh, oh, I know that. Yeah, what
0: am I? <laughs> I get my Bannica. name. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're born into magic. We're born into ritual. To what degree we are conscious of it or aware of it has everything to do with your upbringing your guardians, and their awareness of it and ability to sort of voice that and give language or give words to it. Uh, some of us still won't bring the new year in without Black Eyed you know, and, and, and you might call it superstition. You might call it just a, you know, a historical tradition, but indeed it is steeped in ritual and magic that, that lives and grows and continues to sort of support a foundation that I speak about almost every day, that we did not lose our gods. We did not lose our connection to our, our spiritual power and tradition. But we had to change our language. We were forced to change our demonstration. We were forced to go underground. We were forced to synchronize and and and, and blend, uh, if you will, with, with the traditions that, that were dominant geographically where we, at any location where, where we are. Um, there's a d- degree of uh, rhythm and counting and cadence and repetition in many world religions and traditions that feed into this idea of ritual and magic. Uh, I- I'm, I'm going to let uh, Oloye speak a little bit more about that in his time uh, in terms of Ifa and the chanting of Oriki. Uh, I find Oriki's is hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Is, is it a prayer? Is it a mantra? Is it a chant? Is it all of that? Is it an incantation going on? So, indeed, what we say, what we repeat, what we reverberate, whether it's a song, whether it's a, a prayer, whether it's a hymn, there's a ritual taking place, and in that, there's a, a magic
2: connected.
3: And there's a rhythm to it hmm there's a rhythm everything in your body has a rhythm your from your heartbeat to the pumping of your blood from your blood pressure everything has a rhythm now I'm gonna let somebody else talk but there's something I've got to tell you while it's sitting on that black eyed tea Brilliant that black eyed tea came with us it was called a lady pea. It looks and is the same uh, uh, family as the black-eyed pea we cook now, but it's, all, it's smaller. And if you look online, you can find these lady peas. Now, we braided it in our hair with rice. We can't. So, it was this slave trade that we actually carried food on us in case we were captured. Now, in order to feed those enslaved that had been captured, they actually counted how many pounds of black eyed peas they needed per enslaved person that was coming on that ship. And that is what they set us on this journey that took between 9 and 12 weeks. So the black-eyed tea uh, not only grows prolifically, but it will nourish you a long period of time. It's good with protein. It has all kinds of vitamins in it. So not only that, but there is a ritual, a money ritual, done with two bowls, and Black IT, the moving of that Black teeth from one bowl to another, the creating of that energy of prosperity with Black IT. Yeah. Now I'm gonna let somebody else talk because you know me, I'm I'm a historian, and I'll get started and I'll bring this thing down to the nth degree.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna let uh, Oloye, my cousin, speak, and then I'm gonna open up uh, Alexis and let Alexis speak my blessings to everybody
4: i hope everyone is doing well it's great to see you number denise i'm great to, nice i'm glad to you. see you back thank uh, you so, you know uh ritual is it's essential in, in many aspects of, of Ifa. you know um in everything we do as was said before prior is ritual Whether the way that we go to prayer the way that we might uh invoke in orisha the way that we might invoke our ancestors, the way that we might invoke Ifa, or Ume, all that is all in how we go about doing it. And in how we go about doing it, it is the drawing of that essential power that will allow for our connection to 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 manifest with that Orisha, with Ifa, with our ancestors, that will then bring out the necessary elements and power that will allow for whatever it is that we're praying for to come to manifestation. So, therefore, whatever we are doing, it is all about how we approach it. And then it's all about the sincerity. Behind it. And if we're going to invoke, Arisha, invoke our ancestors, invoke any, it's the, it's the, 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 uh, intent and it's the sincerity that allows for much to manifest out of what we're going there for. Then the rituals or whatever it is inside of the ritual has that much more power and potency because when we go to it, we're going to it already with the belief that it's manifesting as we speak. So it's all about our approach, it's all about our intention, and it's all about whether we truly believe that what we are going to spirit for is already
0: in motion. It's already manifest. Yes. Alexis, are you with me, beloved?
5: Yes, I'm here. Can anyone hear me?
0: Yeah, we can't see you anymore, but we can certainly hear you. Okay.
5: All right. So um, first, I would like to thank you to Divine council, for helping me begin my journey of fulfilling and finding my purpose here while I'm here. And um, right now, um, I'm just, I just want to get more in tune with my ancestors because I would like to know my purpose here while I'm here. And I'm, I'm learning every day something new about myself and why I am here and what my ancestors want me to do to fulfill my journey here on earth. Sounds um, good. I don't have that much to say. Okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm, good, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning as much as I can. I'm, I'm joining. I'm reading. Every which is books and um hopefully i can get back on in another session and you know and explain and share some things that i've learned to help me in life right now to everyone else
0: well thank you alexis we certainly appreciate you um i'm not quite sure if that was just a, a, a comment or, or an actual
2: question
0: um i'm sure that all of okay. us have a different sort of response to how we connect with our ancestors, and and particularly if we're uh, going through a transition or or going through uh, some sort of challenge. Uh, I believe also uh, the three of us would express a different, a degree of relevance in terms of um, positioning the ancestors in coming into a tradition. Um, For instance, in my house, we, we start with the ancestors. Uh, some houses start with the hand of ephah. In Haitian voodoo, we often start with the lave pet. Um, and, and that's the, the, the washing of the head or, or, or the opening and clearing of the head. So I believe those two things sort of go hand in hand. In in terms of self-discovery, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to find out who I am, get a better understanding of who I am, what my purpose is, where I come from, where I'm going. So, so God led me first. To the ancestors, and then the ancestors and the traditions led me to examine my head. And, and that's how my personal journey and how I operate in terms of my housing works in moving people into the systems uh, and sort of into these, these practices. Um, you know, we all come from some ritual tradition of ancestors. Uh, I don't care how black you are. I don't care what neighborhood of blackness you grew up in. You know, you you had grandma's picture somewhere. You had the old uh, heirloom Bible somewhere. You know, we we had that one area of the house where we kept sacred items, you know, that often acknowledged those who who came before. and, And, of course, elders and those who had passed away. You know, in the unfortunate case that members of the family would pass away, we have somewhere that we sort of ritually would gather that. Uh, I think over the the time with industrialization and commercialization and economy and paying bills, um, there came a greater distraction between us and our families and sort of that acknowledgement of of ritual. Uh, I come from a time of Sunday dinners. Families Mm -hmm. always gathered on Sunday and everybody had to eat together, you know, or or you gathered at one particular house. Um, we, We still do that to some degree, with Congo Square here in New Orleans. We come and gather to eat spiritually together every every Sunday, you know, and and try to make that a consistent thing. But things like that have fallen away. Family reunions, you know, and, and, and those gatherings are a ritual and a magic within itself. The degree of information that I've learned about myself and where I'm from at these family gatherings from these uh, uh, older matriarchal and patriarchal members of the family and the community and how that then, you know, I take that back and incorporate that into my quote-unquote magic. Um, Cousin, I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but but at least once a year, I I go deep into the Delta, where my people are from, and uh, I won't say when or where or how, but I pull up a whole cotton bush. Uh, Because they basically planted a a cotton field, a cotton plantation, on top of my great-grandparents, on my father's side, on top of their grave. That's the side you and I will be connected on. So every year I go and pull up an entire cotton bush, uh, which is illegal. Forgive me, and I'm not suggesting anybody do what I do, but but I do it, (laughs) you know. And I use the whole thing from the root to the herb, to the cotton. I use the whole thing um, in my ancestor work throughout the year. um, I I believe, strongly believe, and and find that it empowers not just me, but what I do. And Mm -hmm. and in keeping my ancestors present in what I do, then, then they're showing up in what I'm doing with and for other people. Uh, It was the ancestors that brought me and Denise together. And Denise is standing out on the neutral ground in front of St. Louis Cemetery, number one, where Marie Laveau is buried, just doing what she does. And I'm coming through one day, probably walking back and forth from the post office, and the ancestors assured that we meet. And, I mean, we met. It wasn't just a, hey, how you doing, baby? I mean, we met. And and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, we we, we probably talked for at least an hour or more out there in the middle of that winter ground. And, I I mean, I went into readings unprovoked and and divination, and and, and she told stories and and sort of connected us, you know, back to the root when her people were here and my people would have shared the same space. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've been family ever since. And so Mm -hmm. she's a, a, a strong witness um If I can brag just a little bit, to at least some aspects of my magic, <laughs> she she been around to see me do some things and to see spirit really you know work. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm you know in any conversation about magic and ritual, at least in ATR under the umbrella of traditional African-based religious systems and indigenous world systems, you've got to have a foundation of the ancestors. You got to start there. I feel like I'm talking also, too much. I have
5: a, I have another question if you don't mind. Please. Um, since I'm you know beginning my journey, I'm learning, I'm working on my offer. How would I know which Arisha to mainly me, focus on?
0: Okay, now that's a different issue than just ancestors. First okay. of all, let me be clear, and I'm hesitant because I know some people in the Arisha community. Are going to be upset by this information uh, being broadcasted, but but we don't we don't mix the living with the dead. We don't mix Orisha with the dead. They're two completely separate entities, if you will. So when you start talking about Orisha from from this voodoo perspective, then we're talking about someone who's initiated, someone who's gone through a certain degree of processes within Ifa, within Lukumi, within Santeria, and and has grown to accept or receive an Orisha. And with that comes a set of rules, and my cousin will speak to this better than me, comes a set of rules, protocols, taboos, things you need to follow, processes you need to attend to, to then be able to properly care for the Orisha, Sort of being inhabited in, in your residency, if you will. Mm-hmm. In, in Voodoo, we lave tat, You wash your head, and you receive. Some would even say possess a loa, and so now you're you're a, not only a representative for the loa, but you're housing,
2: housing
0: for the loa. So what the loa is allergic to, you are now allergic to. What the ho- loa mm-hmm. enjoys, you you now protect and honor those things. But, but I guess my point is it comes with a degree of relationship. I like to describe it as, you know, you have children, you have young girls, and some teenage boys show up at the door and knock and come in and don't acknowledge you, don't acknowledge the parents, don't seek permission, mm-hmm. don't build some kind of relationship. So it's the same, in my opinion, with operating with the LOA and Orisha. I find it a dangerous thing for people who are untrained, uninitiated, unexperienced to try and invite spiritual powers into their domain that they're not prepared to receive. Because when you do that, you're also opening up yourself to all kind of energies, jinn angels, demons, devils. You're opening yourself up to mm-hmm. all kind of energies and there will be things that come through. And, and I'm speaking as a representative of voodoo that you can't always control, and you and particularly by yourself. So often this type of demonstration is done in a ceremony, in a group, in a ritual, and then there are other witnesses present to what, what is taking place. And so the loa will speak, or the Risha will speak, or, or, or give a demonstration on the divination board. And then that is given to the person, the client, the, initiative, the initiate, that, that the ceremony is being done for. We have a sort of a Western thing, and it's a Western thing. Uh, it's, it's a Eurocentric thing that we can sort of pick and choose and borrow culturally. I like the word appropriate culturally from other places in the world, like yoga, for instance. We have appropriated yoga in the West, but very few people know that there's other degrees to that: meditation, fasting, you know, a, a certain degree of isolation. There's there certain things that go with just doing yoga, and so mm-hmm. certain segments of our community has made yoga real fashionable and real popular, and we got all kind of yoga gear and yoga mats, and you know, but but you're separating yoga, isolating it from its cultural dynamic. And so we are doing the same thing with Orisha. And that's why I sort of, you know, I have my little shady comments, and I say Orisha Romance. And I mean, we have a love affair with Orisha as as african American in particular. We, we want to reconnect with our roots. We want to reconnect with where we come from. Orisha is most visible. Orisha is most easily Googled and Binged. You know, and so we've latched on to Orisha, much like we did Swahili in the 70s as sort of an ethnic cultural representative of a whole. If we look at Rastafari, Ethiopia is sort of the symbolic representative of the whole. So, that, so they focus in on Ethiopia. We don't talk about the rest of the continent. We saw that with Nuwapians and the interest in Egyptian practice. And so we, we, we narrow in on certain aspects of Egypt, but, but we forget about everything else that, that goes into the religion. How many of us have seen an actual comedic ceremony where libations were being poured, where incantations and chants and mantras were being spoken? There's a whole other aspect to these uh, spiritual practices that have now been popularized in social media. So I know I always say way too much. But I'm allowing my cousin to speak from a more traditional E5 perspective about sort of, you know, appropriating a research if you are uninitiated. Thank
4: you. As far as uninitiated, I think I should maybe an episode or two ago that some people, they feel inclined to the, the feeling that they have of maybe they feel beautiful that day and they want to evoke ashun. Ish- oh ah you know, you might, you know, one day you feel like a warrior and want to evoke ev- Odu, ev- ev- you know, and I think my cousin actually spoke to it then and said, okay, okay you know, you feel that that day, maybe give some flowers to a, a you know, take flowers to the war maybe take uh go a, to the to the railroad tracks and pray that things will be strong for you, that you'll have uh courage and strength and that things will open up for you. You know, you have to know what the facets of each Orisha might mean before you really invoke Orisha anyway. So if you don't know what Odin rings and represents it's probably best to leave it alone and just acknowledge that you feel that way. You can only just say a sentence, thank you. I feel close to Baba Uddin today. Great. No problem. You acknowledged him, but you didn't go into an area that you weren't knowledgeable about or trained with. And so no problem there. I think for, you know, as far as the Isha perspective, in order to receive Orisha, it is that when you go to receive your first Uh, you say you are handling fa, the the, ishefa. Then, when you go through your reading, you will then, through that ordui it will come out what orisha is walking with you to the next stage. Then that will allow for you to develop a closer relationship with the orisha that is for you. And so, I would just say acknowledge what you feel just don't go too deep so that you don't open up things that you're not ready for. And then, you two, go about it where if you're desiring to really come close in relationship to Orisha, then go about it in the sense that you will know exactly what Orisha is working with you, and then you can then honor and revere and work with that Orisha on a closer level for yourself. And that would be my perspective, uh, the perspective of Ipah. And let me just, I just always want to acknowledge my allure, uh, it is important that we all, you know, as you go through your elevation, your, your ascension into the tradition, that you always give honor to those who okay. taught you and shared with you and gave you life. Okay. So that's another, in a, in a sense, it's another ritual, but it's a ritual that we used to in our in our elders you used to hear them even in church or in in other aspects they would say who their their line of people came from and you know and and they they give credit to their you know people would ask you well who the people ah this person that person this elder that ancestor that all right uh, we can talk now you know <laughs> so. It's all kind of ritualistic. It's all things that we learned. We didn't even realize that we learned from our elders and from our ancestors, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, as we watched them do these things. And they told us to go sit down and be quiet. We didn't realize that we needed to be paying attention and watching It's one of the reasons why so much of our our, our culture and our traditions are dying. And if it's not for people like like Mama Denise, and and my cousin, then those rituals, they begin to fade, and we lose sight of the importance of our people. And that's also connection that is extremely important to help you to get started and move forward. And and
3: let me add something, because you brought back memories about people asking, who's your people?
2: Yes. Because
3: you were suspect until they could connect your bloodline. Yes. So even in dating, if you showed up at some girl's house mm-hmm. to date her, they would um, they would say, well, who's your people? And you go, oh, my mama's this one. And they'll go, who's your grandmother? Who's your grandmother? And then they'll work that in their minds until they go, oh, I know who you are. So yeah. they knew they identified you by your bloodline. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then it was at that point that they would say, baby, you want a little something to eat? We cook this, that, or the other. And see, in that, and in New Orleans especially, in the mm-hmm. real community from which I came, until we know who you were, we're going to sit you in the living room.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: now, you see when they invite you into the kitchen, on mm-hmm. the kitchen table, and you invited, and it could be 17 people in that little city kitchen on chairs and some in the hallway and all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We did not make indiscriminately mm-hmm. in my day. You knew who you were coming from, who your children were coming from, right? Now, you may get the worst boy in the family, but you <laughs> knew that the foundation was there and that even if you got a bad husband, you got a good mother-in-law or a good father-in-law or a good sister and brother-in-law. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so I think part of that, even rituals, uh, rituals uh, are important in that we know you
0: know, who's coming into our
3: bloodline. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. listen to
0: the both of you and powerful responses from the both of you, by the way. Uh But but I hear something that's sort of in unison. I heard my cousin talk about acknowledging those who came before, uh, and, and he didn't get very specific, but I, I'm familiar with what he's talking about. Uh, before you start a divination, before you get into a ritual, Uh, there's a chant, there's a mantra, there's a process, there's a rhythm of acknowledging not just the ancestors, but your luau, those who came before you, their elders, their godparents, etc. And so I often teach that there's a, a, ashe is shared. You don't own it, it's not personal to you, it's shared. It's conferred upon and it's shared. And so in the invoking of those names, you're also reawakening their power. And your energy energetic connection to that power. So I hear Denise mm-hmm. saying, you know, who your people is, which they still do in New Orleans by the way. Um, mm-hmm. says something about your energy. Says what mm-hmm. kind of ashe is on you. Gives them mm-hmm. some sense of what you might be capable of or what mm-hmm. your, you know, your potential might be based on that shared energy. So I often say, you know, you can't practice these traditions in isolation. When you look at indigenous cultures, there was no isolation in the way that we assume isolation today. If you were, you know, separated from the village and sent to live out in the wilderness by yourself, uh, it was usually a reason and, and not a good one, you know. And you were not expected to survive very long, you know, in that in that environment. So the idea of you know the kitchen witch, you know, the private witch, you know, I'm at home doing my magic, my ritual. Without any connection to our ancestors, the power of our, our own head being being activated, and then that power and connection to the community.
3: That's
0: right. I think that's another reason uh, Eschew is first uh, because he's the man of the streets. <laughs> that's right. You know, and so you've got to be able to walk and operate within the, the dynamics of life for us as as, as human beings, as God having. God having this human being experience, Uh, and so that connection to energy is essential to how we move. We start Mm -hmm. using words like luck and bad luck and misfortune, and well, you know, I got a friend that says it all the time. Oh, you just lucky. I said, Oh no, I don't believe in luck. I I believe in being blessed. I believe in being anointed. I believe in. And you believe in
4: work. You got to do the work.
0: I believe in the ability to move work that can mm-hmm. change your destiny, that can affect you know, right. the probable outcome of things. It's one mm-hmm. of the reasons I sort of gave up Christianity. I didn't like the feeling of being powerless. I didn't like the feeling of having to wait until I died. I didn't like the mm-hmm. feeling of having to forgive and forgive again and forgive again and, 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 and just wait on the timing, you know, for the blessing to come in. Uh, ATR gave me a sense of, of personal empowerment. It gave me a sense that there's always something you can do. You can always go to the Lao, the Ianifa, the Mambo, the Hokan, the, the, the minister, and get direction about something that you can do to affect immediate results within your, your, your reality. And I say immediate result because magic is so teetering on top of the idea of spells, which we know are temporary. And, and, and the notion that I, I want something and I want it now, but I want it to be long-lasting and, and perfected, and and you know everything I want and needed to be. Without There's a
3: process in everything.
0: Without acknowledging that process.
3: That's right. And and let me let me say one thing about sending off people into the woods alone. And that we because let me tell you the the the. Uh, The tribe is strongest together, just like the pack, a wolf pack, is stronger together. Once, at this point, if somebody is sent away, I need you all to understand that we have done everything in that tribe to heal that person, to get them on the right path. They have been talked to. They have been given healing rituals. They have been given mind rituals. They've been offered a new way of living. We have, as a tribe, as a village, as a community, sought to heal the very soul of that person. If, And we, and we tried everything we knew how. If at that point that person is still a danger to this community, we have no other choice but to move them away from us because if you if you have a person that does not value their own life or the life of the community therefore he is a danger or she is a danger to all of us and she must be sent away uh and so I don't want you to think that we just uh uh, uh put people out. We don't do it that way. We work with these people. We work in forgiveness. We work in ritual. We work in love. And all these things, before a decision is made, that this person can harm the whole community and therefore must be put away. So I need y'all to understand that. We don't throw people away just like talking about
0: it. And that's why that desire to want to Spell people, hex people, do revenge work on people. You know, you you had a bad relationship. You were treated, uh, abused, even treated badly. And, and that and that human part wants revenge, and, and wants to be able to you know cook up something and, and kill, without considering that person's ancestors, mm-hmm. who that person is connected to, the children, the mama, the grandparents. The, the, again, we stand on the shoulders of mighty ancestors. To yes. kill me, you would, you'd have to kill all my ancestors. To, to, to do negative to me, my, my ancestors would have to support that, accept that, or allow that, just as Denise just so eloquently uh, explained. So you can't harm the righteous. You can't harm the innocent. You, you can't harm those who, who are walking truly within the, the dynamics of, of their destiny And that negative desire, that negative energy to want to retribute, you know, can be better applied in other ways, magically, to sort of propel you forward and beyond, whatever the infraction might be. That's right. And I'm not in denial of of grievous infractions.
3: No, I'm not either.
0: We know that there are secret societies in West Africa that existed long before we know anything about the police and the judicial mm-hmm. system, their job was not only to uh, separate that person that might be the problem, but to remove and eliminate that person. And they would often come out at night, so everybody huddled in the day hut, often with great fear and, and trepidation. I, I believe to some degree that the, the, the egg goons also have a certain degree of that history We don't often see that demonstration today, but those ancestral masquerades would come out and and that abuser, that pedophile, that murderer would disappear. Would disappear. That's right. And so there is a a place for retribution, righteous retribution. But many of us in today's society, in today's culture, are operating in our, our flesh, our feelings, our ego. Our carnality, we often want more from the next person than we are desiring from ourselves. I'm to yeah, than we're willing to give, you know. And so it makes it real dangerous when people start, you know, emailing me, uh, messaging me about doing harm. Um, cousin, one of the communications that upsets me the most is about people wishing to do harm to infants or unborn children. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you messed up, you've you had an affair, now you got a baby on the way, and they have the audacity to put it in writing, you know, and send that to me. Um, it catches my breath every time I see that. And, and just the, the notion that that type of activity might be happening now, mm-hmm. in today's context, we know in the terms of enslavement, you know, you might not want to bring another baby into slavery. You might might not want to subject the next generation to being enslaved by master or raped and abused by master. But but when I hear that and see that, again, we're talking about the sort of the appropriation of our traditions without a real understanding of of the history, the base, the purpose, the root, it's, it's what makes this practice dangerous in uneducated hands.
4: It's true. And, you know, we go back on, on what we talk about, about being able to to deal with people. In many of the UFA, it speaks about you having enemies all around you. Some of them will say you have enemies close to you. Some would say you've got to watch, you know, here, there, and, and, and whatever. You know, do UFA, It straight out tells you, but it also tells you, uh, don't do anything because if I already is in motion doing something, or your ancestors are already in motion doing something. There's nothing that you have to do sometimes. It's already being done on a very different level. You know, I will share with you this. uh, If you think about the gospel song that uh, Yolanda Adams used to sing, or she's still saying, who knows? The the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's, right? So therefore, at times, you have to allow people to go through their own mistakes, their errors, their whatever you want to call But understand something, that everybody came here with their own destiny. And whatever it is that they are doing, going through, it is either to elevate them in their destiny, or it is to force them to look at the lessons that are meant for them to be learned. Then, if that person is not learning lessons, every day in life becomes more and more and more and more difficult. It's almost like a ritual in itself that nothing has to be done by people. It's already being done on a very different level. And so, that per, that that forces us to be able to to really have to move with Iwa, with Iwa Feli, with the gentle character, with good character, with integrity, as best we can behind everything we do. Yes. Big baby, that's right.
3: Yes. We're, listen, there are so many things happening behind the scenes, yes. unseen forces that are going on that you have no idea what's working right, yes. uh, for you to learn those lessons. Now, I'm gonna say this. Alexis, says something that just hit my spirit. I need you to understand that we are all here to serve. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose, that's the foundation of it. We're here to serve. What you're looking for is how you are supposed to serve. Mm-hmm. But your life is nothing unless you give service to something, somebody else, the good of something, okay? Mm -hmm. So the search is really not what you're here to do, it's how you're here to do it. Mm -hmm. And so my prayer for you is that you Mm -hmm. are, that revelations come to you on how you're here to serve. Mm -hmm. Because foundation is
0: We're all here to serve. Correct. Thank you. For for me personally, that's another way of saying I am God. I am. I create Mm -hmm. and recreate with God. We are here to be be an earthly, fleshly demonstration of the divine creator. And indeed our ancestors, those who have come before, continue to push and mold and protect and defend that with each new birth, with each new new generation so we we all have our which is why i brought this panel together we all have our different aspect our different view into the house of of atr if we viewed traditional african-based religious systems as a house we we all are looking into the house through various windows that that are are, are part of where we are in in, in our destiny but we come together well in in this space, in, in the addressing of your questions, in the sharing of the information, and hopefully in the demonstrating that uh, we don't have to have tribalism, we we don't have to debate over tribe, over ethnicity, over a particular house, over a particular lineage. You know, I, I have Nago efa practitioners listening. I got Santeria practitioners listening. I got Kandable listeners. You know, we all have our lineage, our path. But there's a way for us in 2021-2022 to come together across these religious, previously religious barriers, and meet a common goal that feeds community. Uh, before I pass the mic, someone was asking about, uh, or made a statement about community. Oh, Ebony Ducker. Uh, yeah. She's new to ATR, and she's looking for a community. Uh, first, this is going to sound so sort of old-fashioned. But there's a saying, a philosophy, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. I sort of feel the same way about community. Um, when it's time, at the, at the appropriate crossroads, we, we meet individuals and we meet community. Sometimes that's individual. And, and with each new individual, we build community. Sometimes that's stepping in, too and becoming a part of a well-established community. So I'm from up north. Some people don't like to hear me say that. I was born in Chicago. I grew up in the furthest northern reaches of the south, as you can go, the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, and then I spent a great deal of my earliest years up north. And and I traveled. You know, I was on the street at 14. And I was forced to move from state to state, city to city, place to place. So I know that there are voodoo communities, Ifa communities, lukumi communities, santeria communities, and particularly in the larger cities. Now, they tend to be a little bit elitist, and they often are are closed communities. And so you have to sort of be invited into them or, or, or stumble upon them and ask your way into them. But after you've done, you know, a, a Google search of, of these traditions within your community and you maybe don't find that, you know, in your city, your town, your state, we do have the power of the internet, which makes the world so much smaller. So you have a community here that we share, a sacred space here. You're also welcome to interact with my, my cousin who's here to represent, you know, an authentic doorway into traditional Ifa practice i'm here to represent an authentic doorway into louisiana voodoo denise is here to be griot and, and mentor and queen mother you know to, to our community and of course our beloved co-host Neil Fipo core uh at some point is going to realize he's supposed to be one of my first priests it's going to sort of find his way into alignment he, he's my wayward brother because he kind of he you know, he wanted to do things his way in the way he's used to doing it and, and i'm okay with that and you know but things are growing so i digress <laughs> welcome beloved how are you today uh
4: best, as always oh, i really want to thank everybody um today's show today's show uh, Spoke to my heart, especially um, because, uh, like I said, I, I like to steer exactly my experience, and I went down every you know, one of those wrong paths. So all those that are out, that are, that are trying to find their way, tradition is key. Tradition in ambition and a able to connect with. Uh, just those in the past that created a foundation for you to stand on if you don't if you, if you don't acknowledge the, the platform that you're standing on you will think and I am bear witness, witness to that that I have spoken uh, before. it's taken a long time to get my head out of that negative space and practicing these traditions without that guidance will leave you exactly there exactly where they're talking about being in that negative space, doing it without the elders being, you know, smack dab in the middle of all of that negativity
2: mm-hmm.
4: right? It's am not in that so, yeah. so I'm just
2: acknowledging
4: the fact that this panel that is above me right now is really calling my heart and I'm going to have to acknowledge uh, the, the divine prince his uh, calling
2: to me. <laughs> you have to acknowledge
4: that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we work well on air. I can just imagine meeting you and
4: and and what
0: things would be like once we've, you know, built a relationship uh, beyond uh, the airways. And I'm here for you, beloved. Um, I'm grateful that my mother, for those of you who aren't clear, Gary Vonsal Savage is my mother, uh cousin. Yeah. Um the, honorable, Hello.
2: Evangelist.
0: Hello, <laughs> the uh, honorable evangelist savage so um she'd be your cousin
4: cousin okay she'd be your cousin, Hello, cousin.
0: <laughs> um yeah so but she's my mother so she you know you're my cousin on my dad's side so she'd be your okay. cousin you know because of the marriage
2: uh-huh. but
0: um i'm always grateful when she acknowledges the work as well Um, For me, in my imagination, she also sort of represents any opportunities for communication with the black church. And there is a pathway that the black church could take, could Mm -hmm. develop, could further promote uh, that can bring a, a greater sense of unity in the community than what we are experiencing right now. And particularly when we think about conflict over religion over Muslims, mm-hmm. over uh, uh, Ifa, over Voodoo, you know, over religion. And, and I see a day when I have a sacred space, a temple space, where all HTR is able to come together under one roof and share that space under one roof without conflict. Uh, Alexis Williams says that there's a large, uh, sense, the largest sanctuary community is in Union City, uh, I forgot yes. what, what state are we talking about? What state is Union
2: City?
0: <laughs> New Jersey. Oh, right, right. Oh, you're in New Jersey.
2: Oh, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. You,
0: you're surrounded by it. You're surrounded yes. by, <laughs> by Utah, Santa, the, Uh, voodoo. Now, what I hear, and I'm only speaking for myself, what I hear out of that region, New York and mm-hmm. New Jersey, is people are turned off by drama. And so I, I get people coming from your region who say, I was a part of an ELA, I was a part of a house, and this happened, that happened, this, you know. And, and so there's a great degree of activity in ATR where you are. But just in anything, you know, you've got to be able to separate yourself from the drama. you got to be able to be clear about what it is that you are investigating. I think we overlook the necessity to study I was taught by an elder. You had to study before you could receive orisha. You had to study before you could receive a ritual, which means you had to know the language. You had to know what was going on. You have to know why it's happening. You have to know from what powers, you know, are, are being spoken and, and or invoked. And so you do the same thing when you buy a house. You do the same thing when you buy a car, and you check the details. You want to know the mileage and the oil and the gas and has it been appraised and has it been inspected. But we live in a day and time where somehow people walk into religion and spirituality with sort of a magical consciousness. And I don't mean you, Alexis, but, but I just mean in general. And so they yeah. don't do any research. They don't do any homework. They come to me and claim to have received A, B, and C. And when I start asking questions about, well, what is that? They don't know. Well, beloved, what was it called? They don't know. Well, who, who is present? They don't know. And so that's why, you know, sometimes I seem a little, you know, I, I, Arisha Romance. I, I, I pick a little bit because I know that in any pathway of ifa, it don't work like that. In any path of voodoo, it doesn't work like that. So you have to learn the language. And, and, and it's the same way I'm sure Denise would tell you, if you're cooking jambalaya, you're cooking a gumbo. You know, you're going to know how your grandma cooked it. You're going to know how your parents cooked it because that's your first demonstration. That's your hands-on walk into. So it's real easy to say, oh, I can cook, I can bake, But, but where did that come from if it didn't come from baking university, if it didn't come from shipping school? It came from your parental guidance. So I'm often alarmed. When people come to me as a as a client and say, "Oh, well, I need a reading," but then they spend ten minutes telling me how they have a hand in E5 and they went to Cuba, you know, for a week, and then I start using words they're unfamiliar with, language they're unfamiliar with, processes they cannot explain to me. It's very alarming, and they, and they throw a great deal of money at it. And, and Denise and I talk about this a lot. You can't even learn Spanish in a week. You can't learn Yoruba in a week. The language, Yoruba, let alone the culture and tradition and practices that also go along with the language. It's the equivalent of a Asian or a Middle Eastern coming from the rural areas of Eurasia coming to America and then trying to make sense of, hey, blood, what's happening? How you doing? What's going down? You know, th- that don't make no sense to them. What's up? That wouldn't make a bit of sense to them.
3: You know, okay. That's so- why I draw back off of those 25-year-old Ooh. voodoo priestess. If uh, <laughs> you're 25 years old and you're calling yourself a voodoo priestess, When in the culture alone you're not even in in this in this life lesson you are still an infant so how can you be a 25 year old voodoo priestess and you can't take care of your own mess you see what i'm saying you don't know how to how to how to deal with your own stuff and so uh, I've got to let them know, and I need them all the time on my tours, and I'll tell them, I'm going to say, you know, baby, I respect what you think, but I need you to know that you got to be deeper in this life to learn those lessons. I understand you think this is what you are because somebody told you or you read something or you, you think God, you've been initiated, uh, anybody. There are many people who take your four, five, six, seven thousand dollars in initiation, but it means absolutely nothing in the reality of these lessons, right? Nobody's born with an instruction book. You didn't get an individual instruction book coming into this life, and therefore, like Ty said, you got to work this process, and all these lessons ain't gonna be easy. No. You start naming yourself. You 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 gotta have some experience uh uh behind this name, right? So that's one of the reasons Ty and I, as close we talk about these these things all the time. These people who are claiming to be things that they're not at 25 years old. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that,
0: that was a mic drop. Yeah, that was a mic drop. I'm also allowing someone else to speak for a change. Uh, sometimes I think I talk way too much, but um, I'm, sorry.
3: I'm very passionate about this. And so I interrupted you and for so that, I'm sorry, that's that only child in me that I've never gotten control of. I'm used to being able to say what I want to say when I say it. I offer my deepest apologies. And in that I just too. that some of the lessons you learned for a lifetime. You know, I'm hoping to get over that by the time I'm seventy five. Okay? <laughs> <So. laughs> yes indeed. Not the seventy
0: five. Uh uh cousin did you want to speak to Anthony X or do do I want to go first? Uh when I say Bu uh, afia the world is a marketplace. I, I know in voodoo um we're not just talking about where the women sell fabric and and pottery and 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 food. Uh the world meaning life is a marketplace. So there's a there's a give and take. There's an exchange going on. There their debts and credits being created, uh, their, their bills being paid off, you know, by way of our activity in our spiritual life and, and our involvement um, with the world. A question that I'm often in discussion with somebody I'm close to about is the purpose of life, the point of life. Why am I here? Um, and, and, and again, many of you through Western uh, culture, and Western default accept the the illusion of isolation, accept the the illusion that I'm here by myself, that no one cares, that no one thinks about me, that no one cares about me, um, that that what I do doesn't matter. And indeed, as Denise suggested, we're here to serve. We're here to be divine, earthly manifestations of the creators and the ancestors. So no one is here just for recreation. No one is here just to pass the time for 80 years and then pass on. Every single one of us has a ministry, has a job, has something purposeful to do that, that extends not just beyond you and your world and your house, but your community, your family. And that's one of the things in, in indigenous cultures that we aspire to is being born to become an ancestor and it is what you do in the middle that feeds that goal of, of, of becoming an, an, an elevated ancestor and acknowledged ancestor she did well in school she did well as a young adult she, she went on to have a family and did well with her family and then created businesses and created uh, other young individuals who went on to do well and and that's what feeds you know, sort of that ancestral power. So, yeah, the, the marketplace is sort of a symbolic euphemism, is that the right word, within the tradition. So it could, and, and that's the case with many aspects of the language of uh, ATR, Ifa, Voodoo, Akkad, because there's always multiple meanings to the words. I, I describe them as a capsule, like an Odoo is a capsule, And you can look at that capsule and you know what bottle you got and and you know what's supposed to be in that medicine bottle, but then you open that capsule and there are layers and and deeper degrees of information that are are revealed as you go into that O'Do. And and it gets more specific and more specific and more personal and more personal as you delve into it. So, um, yeah, many of the words that we use, Anthony, Uh, And Greetings, Anthony. My apologies, beloved. Uh, Anthony is a new student, a new initiate. He actually came down here to the house over the weekend. Um, So thank you, Anthony, for uh, participating. So yeah, the marketplace is is almost like Camelot. It's, It's sort of a mystical, magical, spiritual place that really does exist in the real world, but also exists in the spiritual world. And depending on where you are and your degree of consciousness at any time is what you're able to see and understand in terms of this marketplace. Um, cousin, um, You, I know you have something, Efa, to say to add to that. So we can look at it from a few
4: different perspectives. We can look at the marketplace, as my cousin has said, and we can look at it as to what debt you're going to be leaving and what next? we might be paying off from our ancestors and forth? What have they maybe not completed that we have to complete for them, right? What is it that we are going to be leaving for our next generation to come that really we're trying to do the best we can to work on these things and to build up these things so we're not leaving a big debt for anybody behind us to be able to have to clean up and so, when you become closer to spirit and closer to tradition, and closer to working on these things in your life, it's essential that when you're getting your readings and you're seeing all of these odus come up, and the odus says you need this, you have to work on that, you need to initiate to that, this, 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 and this. It is essential that you try to do the best you can. To work in alignment with you so that you are paying out your own debt. I don't want to leave a big debt for my daughter. I don't want to leave a big debt for grandkids. I don't want to leave a big debt that everybody else got to clean up my stuff. I actually want to leave a credit. I want to leave a credit. I want to leave where there's be no abundance. So then, as time goes by, maybe a mistake's going to be made. But then as an ancestor, I I left the credit. So now, let us now work on for ourselves. We have to make sure that we're working on leaving credit so that our our ancestors have something to fall back on. And when they do make a mistake, we lived our life in such a way that we left them something that now they can say, I'm so glad that grandfather, great-grandfather, whatever the case might have been, has left this abundance for us. Of course, we want to do that uh, in a financial level. We we want to lose something again. We want to lose property. We want to lose something. But we want to leave it in in a mental, in an emotional, and in a spiritual realm as well. Pay off the debts that are before us. Make sure we're paying off our debt and leave a credit. For those who are coming after us, so they'll be blessed abundantly by what the work that we have done and the effort that we have put forth. What what is it that we're trying to leave here? What what uh what is it that we have done in our life that will show them in the, in the future? You know, what contributions do we, are we going to leave? What contributions are we giving to the world? What contributions is it? Okay, so besides this life in spirituality, I also have life in martial arts. So I've been fortunate in martial arts to be recognized in that. So now, when my daughter and the granddaughter and the da 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 look at it, they say that's my grandfather. What? So what is what is it positive that we're going to leave for them? Because every day as well, every day as well, we're writing our own obituary. Every single day we're writing our obituary. And so every single day we try the best that we can to be able to leave that they can write the obituary. It's already written. Such and such did this. He so did this. He did this. He did this. At times, just like everybody else in the world, he had challenges, but this is how he overcame the challenges. And now today, we look at him, and then that is the reverence of a group, the reverence of being ancestors. That's what we try to do. I hope that makes
0: sense. Absolutely. Ashe, Asheo. I just yeah. wanted to remind everyone that the phone lines are open at 845. 845- 277-9143. 845-277-9143. I have about a dozen people who are listening in, but indeed, if you have a question, comment, or request, remember that you must press the number one on your telephone keypad. That will raise your hand for me, and then I'll come back and unmute your mic. I'm welcoming those who have joined us uh, as co-hosts here today uh, live on screen. Thank you so much. Um, I have muted uh, the distraction in the chat room. For those who were paying attention, Joshua, Benjamin, he'd been muted. Uh, I'm getting better, Keona, thank you. Sometimes Keona got to kick me in the butt uh, to sort of remind me of what I need to pay attention to. And just her activity uh, helped me to sort of remember that I do have access to go directly to these platforms. Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and block people if they become a problem. Um, in the chat. So he's been blocked. Uh, Neophyte Bokor, we've been talking about ritual and magic and ancestors. Did you have something you want to say today, beloved, or are you just looking good for the audience? Um, <laughs> um but I
4: don't know this um part uh be back on this road. It, it, it brings to mind what you guys were talking about. Also, is inheritance and legacy. This is this is big big word for our tradition as well, but we in the black community seem to be lacking right now. Is true legacy and, and inheritance. It seems like we've been purposely kind of ambushed and from. Being able to even understand the simple definition of those two words, let abuse it. and I think that that would be a great way um, to to overcome that obstacle. So in this tradition, learn what it means to be in legacy, is passed down or create legacy, functional legacy, not just the money and whatnot, but, but the tradition is there. I've grown up with a lot of the traditions that my grandparents left, about, left behind, but as they passed away, and to turn the community uh, ones tend to let those traditions die off. Now, these who have certain that we do for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and these just for my family alone, or some of those grandparents Gone, that's when all the tradition stopped. And I'm sure a lot, of, uh, a, a lot of my generation can relate to that same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an older millennial, but I'm still considered a millennial. But of millennials, we, we have those uh, concepts of these traditions passed down. This right here. This space right here seems like a very good outlet for that. And I would suggest that we start flocking to it. <laughs> uh, but on that note, I said, i show you, I'm going to hit this note, and it was, I was, I was a
2: blessing to be here. Well, we, Thanks,
4: appreciate, you. we
0: appreciate you, and thank you for your contribution. Um, and, and, <laughs> I, and, and I must stop just for a moment. Um, I did you know, I get these alerts, some of y'all hear the alerts, and I usually ignore them or try and turn them down. And I did click on one, and of course, everybody now is, is posting uh, their feelings of, of bereavement and mourning for DMX. So DMX, the, the, the notorious rapper and performer, I mean, he has passed on. Um, everybody is is posting it and tweeting it right now. Um, another one is now going on to be healed, repaired, mm-hmm. renewed, and mm-hmm. then recycled back into the to the light uh, mm-hmm. of the Most High. So I, I just want mm-hmm. to take a moment and acknowledge. We don't always do that on the show, but I felt mm-hmm. led to do so um, today, and particularly in this case, um, such a tragedy on on so many different levels. Uh, It could easily open a discussion into, you know, so many things. Drug addiction, alcoholism and abuse, unresolved PTSD, post-traumatic slave disorder, unresolved shadow work, you know, and there are many among us right now, right now, listening to me right now, that's dealing with depression, mental health, don't have a, a, a big support, and this might be the limits of your support, but right here, I beg you to reach out. I beg you to reach out. I'm here for you. My cousin is here for you. Denise yes. will make herself available to you. you got a community. You are not isolated.
4: And, and there mm-hmm. is an
0: out to your pain. There is an out mm-hmm. to, to to your addiction. There is isn't out to, to that to that darkness. Um, so mm-hmm. I just feel led. And, and Neophyte Bocor and some of my regulars, y'all know I've never done this before. Um, the hairs are standing up all over my body right now it's just a a, a weird feeling um, associated with this particular death and the lessons that we need to glean i also think that it feeds into what we were already talking about legacy Mm
4: -hmm. and and
0: and neophyte bolkur said oh well not necessarily money but no yeah money and because Mm -hmm. you know we can do religion and culture and, and 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 teach you how to fish and and teach you how to cook, and, 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 and but without the behavior that goes along with money. I'm going to share a secret. Money ain't my best area. You know, Denise is my sponsor. is my financial sponsor. She's the one that says, you don't need that. Don't buy that. Are you saving? What are you doing? Are you handling your resources? Because I didn't get that at home. Um, and, and my parents made decent income, but they didn't teach that. They didn't demonstrate that. They didn't discuss the bills in front of us. They didn't discuss the money in front of us. I didn't have a clue what savings was, what credit was, you know, none of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and many of you under the sound of my voice don't either. L- let's be truthful. You don't either. So see, do what I did. When you don't know, you seek guidance.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: When you don't know, you go to the elders. You go to somebody who, who know better than you. So mm-hmm. legacy. My my point, legacy. Insurance, life insurance. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I know
0: many of you say, oh, I can't even afford medical insurance. But medical insurance is important, but life insurance is also important. It's not critical to legacy. Yes. Making sure that your descendants, your family, the community is not stuck with your burial costs, your, your burial bills, your unpaid credit cards. You know, and mm-hmm. so your children and the next generation is already stunning because mama right. didn't leave nothing. Granddaddy didn't leave nothing. Grandmama didn't leave nothing.
4: Or we a credit. Yeah. Need a credit. Yeah, that's all about needing a credit. You know, having a good life insurance policy that at the very least takes care of the final burial, um,
2: you know, things
4: and, and hopefully having some extra when you're, when you're a baby. Start them off when they're a baby. Start them off with a retirement fund. What you got to do is put a few dollars in each month. It doesn't have to be extreme amount. But now you've already set them up so when they're 55 or whenever they can draw their, their money out, they have money that, that they didn't even realize that's a blessing. That's, that's a legacy that you've already left them something to take them further in their life than possibly you had. That's right. So what legacy are we leaving for those who are going to be coming behind us? Financially, what, what, what is it that they're going to receive from us that we've done? Have we, have we begun a business? Have we begun a business? It doesn't have to be something major, but maybe something that you're doing now as a hobby that can parlay into a few dollars. And then if you're not going to use the money, you don't need the money, and you put them on the retirement fund for the kids or the grandkids, whatever. So look, you, you have to look at palpable skills and things to do to help to leave that legacy to leave a credit. Yeah,
2: that's
4: right. Now, still today, when
3: newcomers come to this country, if we are so broke, you tell me why they open businesses in black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. The grocery store, the liquor store, the $0.99. Salty
0: beauty, the beauty supply.
3: No Why are you opening the business where there's no money? Don't forget they the beauty supply. The walking cash register. <laughs> they good. know that they will get their wealth from us because we cannot resist spending a dollar. Now, let me tell you. Nobody in the world is better at a hustle than black people. The citizen doesn't do that. You're going to say, oh, baby, don't cook Friday. I'm cooking. Look, $15.99 a plate. Look, I'm frying fish. I'm making potato salad. Don't cook. Come give me a plate. Or let me braid your head. Or let me clean your house. Or let me do this. That's not money to spend. That's, right. That's money to put on the side for an opportunity. That's right. And still today the fastest way to become a millionaire is in real estate. That's right. That is That's the right. fastest way to become a millionaire is buy property, buy mm-hmm. land, hold it. You know, they might have to put a highway there and then they mm-hmm. gotta pay. And might if you see uh, uh, Starbucks come up in your neighborhood, your land just tripped mm-hmm. Buy land, buy lot, buy houses, start with one, and a and a rental property. Let mm-hmm. somebody else pay the note. Every time you gotta upgrade something, don't go cheap. Put the best in that property that mm-hmm. you can put at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You understand? You're mm-hmm. supposed to have a job, a half, and a hustle Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and stack it, stack that money, right? Mm -hmm. Why is is all the hair that we buy at three and four five hundred dollars worth of hair? Why is it that we're making a Vietnamese and I ain't got nothing against nobody, Koreans and all them people rich when we when we buying hair. Mm -hmm. Why is it that our name ain't on that nail shop? and that coal shop, uh, if we're going to spend money on those things, we're supposed to be spending money in our community. Nobody is supposed to be doing my nails but a sister. Mm -hmm. So when her people, and I own a tour company, so when people, her friends come to town and they're having a girls weekend somewhere, I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to be the person they call to do that Afro Creole tour for them. You see, the money is supposed to circulate within our community. That dollar is supposed to circulate to the nth degree within our own community. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but we got to get rid of that crabs in the barrel mess, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, but Vietnamese, Chinese, all them people coming to our neighborhood, how many dollars of their money come back into our neighborhood, right? We love a shrimp sandwich. I'm supposed to be providing that shrimp sandwich. They take their money and recycle it, remove it, and circulate it within their own communities, and we're supposed to do the same thing. This is not racist. This is about survival. And we better learn now that economics is a part of our survival. The more money we have, the more political power we have the more property we have. You go down to City Hall and say, Listen, I own five houses on, on Jake P. Morgan Street or whatever. And I'm a prop, I'm a multi property owner. Instead therefore, I need that straight fixed. I'm playing property tax and I got five houses and why is that street not fixed? Mm-hmm. You can make demands. The Bible said them that got shall get. Them mm-hmm. that got so the more you get the more you will get. It that's is right. designed for those who have something to get more.
4: That's
3: all. It's a spiritual that's,
4: lesson. We have to also look at the economic power community-wise. That's right. We, when we look back at, at the civil rights movement, what was one of the most significant things of the civil rights movement? It was the boycott of the bus. That's
3: right. That's
4: how I think and that boycott had then made everybody, even if they didn't want black people riding the bus or whatever, they realized that they needed the economics, uh, the economics of the community to support, or they couldn't, they, they, they couldn't, couldn't go not, further with it. They couldn't right, operate. Right. They shut it down. And That's even right. today, when we look at the civil, the movements that are happening right now, after the uh, uh, the brother, uh, brother Floyd, killing and all of those things. And different ones, we also got to know that our voice has a significant amount of power. That's so our right. voice plus our economics have a power that can affect change. Okay. People got to realize right now in this Floyd trial is the first time probably ever that police officers are coming to actually to be uh, giving, uh, what, what do you call it, uh, testimony against their own. That and now watch that's right. right. And now watch the changes that are gonna be made because everybody's stepping now out of it and now there's gonna be changes probably in a lot of different police forces. And if not, this is gonna now escalate to an even higher and more just gonna <laughs> escalate to another level. That's we have right. to understand the fact
3: that it. means something. Don't let George Floyd die on camera for nothing. You see, this is not new. We've been dying under these kind of circumstances. Right. What's different is that now it's being felt. Yes. The conscience the of America is, on, is, is, is is now wide open for the world to see. You understand? It used to be hidden and denied. Right? Now, the world can see. Uh, and let me tell you, my, mom, my grandma used to say, sight beats the world. I don't care what you say. How do you try to defend that? I don't care if he had heroin, cocaine, had smoked the rock. I don't care what he had eaten, drank, shot up, hit his head before he got there. He died. Because of lack of oxygen. And if he was a threat, why did this policeman have his hands in his pocket? You don't put your hands in your pocket if you're afraid. That's your right. hands are out in a defensive way. This policeman kneels on this guard with his hands in his pocket. Okay?
2: That's right.
3: So the world can see. You cannot deny this. This is what it was. And, and of course, we have to go through the process.
4: But uh, you can't defend it. No, but you know when I look at it, when you look at it from a spiritual level, that's Ebo. That man was Ebo, and because he was Ebo, it, it it began to make an extravagant. Isn't that the Ebel, Isn't that, Ebel, isn't, that Ebel, isn't that the the magic or whatever you want to call it? Isn't that what is supposed to happen? that we are, it's the exchange of that energy. Yeah. And unfortunately, the exchange of the energy wasn't done in a, in a good way. But when you, it, it gives us a lesson. Here's a great lesson. That evil that was done was not done in a righteous manner. And because it wasn't done in a righteous manner, now the manifestation of the elbow is going to come about in this change that's going to negatively affect the one who, get, who did evil. That's right. Isn't that the, isn't that the, so if things were done in an appropriate stance, then it's supposed to make positive change. That's the reason why in each of the verses of our old doing it gives a prescription with many of it having a, a, having a, a particular offering or whatever. And that is supposed to effectively make change that shows that, okay, my heart and my spirit, or within this change that I want. I desperately need and desire these things to manifest in my life. So now when I go to Ebbo, if I go to Ebbo in a righteous manner, then righteous change and building and evolution and all of healing, all of that is what's is meant to happen. This is the actual thing that you taught. That was a ritual. Mm-hmm. That was a
2: ritual.
4: It was to say that me as is that me as this this person or the cop or the white man or whatever you want to say can do what I want to do regardless of whether the camera or people are yelling or whatever it is that they want. Yeah. You could, it was a ritual. So now the ritual can happen positively or negatively. That's right. And we have to be mindful now because it's a perfect lesson of ritual. That's right. Am I going into this ritual with the right mind, with my hands open, with my, my, my spirit and all that in alignment for it to make the change that it needs to make? Or am I going in there with a negative mindset, negative energy, negative thoughts and all of that, then my evolve is not going to manifest in a good way.
1: I agree.
0: And, and before we get too far ahead, I wanted to acknowledge uh, Anthony Anderson's question. I'm sorry, Anthony X's question, um, how important is, is the significance of grief rituals individually and communally in the tradition? And to some degree, they mirror what we are exactly talking about right now just like when we, we accept and receive a baby into the world, there is indeed an exchange of energy that, that must be acknowledged, that must be placated. And in the grief rituals, there's also that transfer of energy because see, our grief and our and, and our debts to them and, and that, that son or daughter who didn't treat mama right when she was living and now she's gone on and, and, and they're wanting to turn over the casket and, and so emotional that that grief can also prevent these souls from moving on and moving on in a peaceful balanced way it's like forcing big mama to continue to worry about her children even after she's now gone on to what should be her her rest i also believe in these grief rituals anthony um in a more pristine time they would have also include the transference of inheritance, the mm-hmm. transference of property, the transference of, of responsibility, if you will, with, within the dynamics of the family and the community. So I guess that's sort of a communal response. But then there's also that communal and individual healing that must happen, that must take place, Give, giving yourself an opportunity to grieve, and to mourn. I've dealt with so many clients in the last year, really, that didn't have an opportunity to grieve, didn't have an opportunity to mourn. In some cases, you know, with the COVID, the family member was isolated, separated from the family, so there were no grief rituals. There were no ceremonies. We are not seeing the second lines to the degree that we normally would see in Treme, you know, which which puts a great deal of, of, of pressure and stress on the community. It's an, emotional, yes, it's an emotional thing that we feel and talk about and, and, and experience. You know, it's like food and water. So acknowledging grief is just as important as acknowledging birth. It's just as important as acknowledging uh, 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 healing. It, any form of transformation, that there's an exchange of power there that happens.
3: That's right. And mm-hmm. the rituals are always important. They're not there for nothing. They did not start for nothing. And they should be continued. It is a part of the process. It is a part of the process. In your healing, rituals are there for a reason. And they should be and must be continued or you're going to be left hanging. You're going to be left hanging. You have to do A, B, and C to be able to
4: move on from birth to death. And look at the rituals. When we deal with funerals and stuff, there's there's specific things that I know we do in the African or uh, the black community, right? Right. Oh, yeah. you know, we, we got the, the things we do before the, the, the actual funeral. You That's got right. the funeral. And then the funeral is based on the level that you are, Right. Okay.
3: That's right. You look at
4: you look at some of the funerals, you look at Whitney's funeral or you look at Aretha's funeral. They are like six hours each. That's right. So That's now right. it's all about the level of importance that you want. It shows in the type of funeral that you have. That's right. Then after that is the importance of everybody gathering together. And that gathering and food eating and all of those things, you know, it could be like I've gone to funerals where afterwards, like our younger, my generation, we, we went out to go to whatever dance or, or to the bar or whatever we did back then
3: That's and right.
4: why, because our generation was dealing with, and we were together and it helped all of us to be stronger when our grandmother or grandfather or this person or that person made it end to be right by the family and help them and support them. Right. That's but right. the elders, they didn't do that. The elders stayed at the house, and they did whatever they did, whether they threw on gospel music, it was, was praying, but they were gathered together in a way where everybody was helping to, to uplift each other. That's so right. all of that is ritual. We're talking about ritual. All of that is ritual. It's all how we view it, and it's all how we understand what the elements are to help to facilitate the the healing process within even the the people that are present. That's why community is so important. Mm -hmm. That is
3: why community is so important. I was telling Divine Prince the other day, it's going to come to a point where you're going to have to find your tribe. You're going to have to find your community, your tribe, It's going to be, it is not only necessary physically, it is so necessary for you spiritually and psychologically for you to have community tribal members. You've got to be able to connect to a group of people. You were not designed to live and survive this life alone. Uh, When I read about people that have died and have been in the house dead for two and three months with nobody looking for them, I know nothing more sadder than that, that it took three months for somebody to know that this is how they're found. Somebody to say, I noticed the smell. It should be investigated. But for somebody not to say, wait a minute, I have not seen this person for 24, 36 hours. For somebody not to know your ritual, you know, she as soon as the trash man passed, she pulls in the garbage can. Somebody to look for you is the most heartbreaking thing I've ever heard in my life. You cannot survive intact, mentally or physically, without community and tribal members, okay? Somebody to, to, to uh, uh, help guide you through this lifetime. You would be surprised how many times. And you have to find people who care enough about you to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, Without hurting your feelings. Everything ain't about hurting your feelings. Sometimes you need a nudge if you're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, To come to you, and let me tell you, even at my age, I'm not above somebody coming to me and going, uh my elders, this, this, and this is how this is done now. Because I don't know all these, uh, I takes time to bring me up on technical things and get me here and all of that. And so I need younger members of my tribe to say, listen, uh, I need you to do this, this, and this so I can do this, this, and this for you. Okay. And so you need members of your tribe of all ages Mm-hmm. And young people know a lot of stuff I don't know. But mm-hmm. I also know when you're headed in the wrong direction because I've seen it enough times. So that's what I mean. Please don't try to live this life alone. Mm-hmm. 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 That's all I have to say about that. Thank
0: you. Thanks. We got about five more minutes for questions, comments, requests. Um, area code 803, uh, you just disappeared on me. You gotta be patient with me on the phone line. It takes me a minute to even see uh, the phone lines because I have to shift tabs on the computer, but I apologize uh, if you had a question or comment. unfortunately, uh, no one can really call into the phone line past a certain point. I believe it's one forty five maybe one fifty you you then you can't call in um, and then they'll have to go and listen to the remaining of the show. Um, in the in the archive uh, yes alexis williams uh, come out of your comfort zone beloved and it took my community back when i was in my 20s to sort of get me to come out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. uh, one of my best friends would push and shove and prod. you need to get out of the house you need to go somewhere you need to move around you need to find your people you know and i found my way you know outside and Denise will witness that even today, I'm still sort of learning how to move beyond my comfort zone, be exposed to a larger group of people, new, new experiences, you know, so it, it's something. But the, the need and necessity and presence of both ritual and magic in our community cannot be uh, overstated. And, and it's something that we need to continue to feed as a lineage, as a heritage that we could pass down to the next generation. There should be no generation that comes after us, cousin, that that says that, well, I knew it was in my family, but it wasn't talked about. It wasn't shared. It wasn't, you know, expressed. Uh, Same thing for you, Denise. No one, none of your kids, grandkids, you know, or, or their kids should be in that blind spot Anymore about who we are, in terms of spirituality and religion, and I'm I not... call my
3: granddaughter the voodoo child. Okay, <laughs> she dove headfirst into spirituality so far deep that I started calling her the voodoo child at, at thirteen. Yes, indeed. Yes, is. Is a...
0: right.
3: right. being playing with him. She's going to look for it.
0: So, Alexis, that community is there, especially in 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 the Newark, New York New York. Pennsylvania area where you are, it's it's definitely there. Uh, it might require, you know, a, li- a little commute, uh, but it's there. It's there. Just just be honest, be open, be willing to do a little research, a little study, you know, find out who they are, you know, what they're doing, what their platform is, and, and indeed uh, what it is that you seek there uh, will come to you. Of course, we're always available to you. To you here in New Orleans, and we're open 24 hours a day (laughs) in in New Orleans. So Mm -hmm. always feel free to, uh, you know, email me, submit your RSVP. Uh, We'll be here uh, waiting for you. Uh, We're going to close up. It's uh, 57, three minutes to the hour. So uh, if either of you have anything you want to say before I close out. Please feel free to do so.
3: Well, thank you, Ty. Thank you for my from our sacred stories at our sacred uh, Thank you for the opportunity um, uh, for giving me a platform to maybe uh, guide, uh, give hope, or or uh, uh, help somebody along the way. Uh, let my age and experience like the most folks say, let my light shine. You don't have to make the mistakes I made. Right? I'm <laughs> what that will lead to or what that experience will lead to. So I I thank you for the opportunity. Uh it once again it's been my pleasure. I, see. I see. thank
4: you both you both give me a lot of knowledge and things to 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 learn from and so I'm grateful for the opportunity. And to share a little bit of my experience, of course, I'm still growing, but I'm blessed to be of of this with you all. So, you know, um, if anybody wishes to contact me for anything, they can always email me. Uh, I'm always always available. Uh, I n n e r k o n s c i o u s -S 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 at gmail.com. And... 405-593-5670 405-593-5670 you're always welcome to call me text me first because i won't pick up if i don't want to so i'm always here for, for anybody who uh would like assistance from from my perspective so my mm-hmm. blessings to each and every one of you
0: thank you all i appreciate your time and commitment listen i've been doing this 12 years i know what it takes to decide to sit for two hours at at your computer and do a show like this. So I'm grateful for both of you all's love and commitment and support uh, to this podcast, and I look forward to meeting you here again in this sacred space. Uh, Anthony X, I hope to hear from you uh, sooner rather than later, beloved. Uh,
2: by, By email,
0: of course. And I'm thankful for Neophyte Bokor and Imani Stankopa and Ebony Ducker and Dark Soul Jua and Kayla Talk and Crystal and Witt and Alexis Williams and, and Dom S. and Pete uh, and, and fatima Reed and, and all those who showed up with us here in this sacred space. Until next time, remember that all is truly and indeed a blessing you can just see beyond the beyond the veils oh, and Odabo Odabo <laughs> thank you all um, enjoy your weekend cousin we'll talk over the weekend I would like to uh, set up a time to do the divination that you asked me to do
3: okay that's so fine that'll be great
4: over the weekend. That's yeah. awesome. that's awesome Mama Denise it was great seeing you again and you know, I need to be in contact with you too. <laughs> Thank you. All right, cousin. Talk to you soon. Peace and blessings.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to do something a little do, a little different a little new with the show. So I hope it's being well received. I hope we continue to have on co-hosts and special guests and people who can, you know, help contribute to the show. All is a blessing. And thank you, Blog Talk Radio, for your listenership and support and your love. And I look forward to meeting you here again at high noon U.S. Central Standard
2: Time.
1: Congo Square, the Omos Indians, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us, centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated, the Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated and as the colonizers came our hosts, the almost Indians they pushed aside our hosts the colonizers came and pushed aside our hosts and introduced us in chains And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Les Places de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment. But nevertheless, even as slaves, We crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life we beat we be we was and is hail congo square congo congo square our african gods have not been obliterated They have merely retreated inside the beat of us, inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat, beat, beat. Being, beating, being of Black Heart Drums. Heart beat, heart beat, heart beat at this place, at this place. Be heart beat, be we beating place in new world space beating being in place in new world preserving our ancient pace our dance is the god walk our music the god talk first thing we do let's get together circle ourselves into community no beginning no end connected together and singing ringing ringing singing in a, a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal, be what we were before we became what we are, be bambula dance, be bonza music, and sing song words which have no English translation third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials, the bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy, must retain and pass on the essential us that others want to dissipate, whip Hello. out of us. Whoa! But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, Deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade, but dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades. Eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us. To remember, to beat, to be, we are centuries later now, and still, this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat.